Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin. Today is May the 31st, 2019. Strong hand, offended by selling. Be a unique beast. Value your wealth in Bitcoin. One Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. This is where the big boys play. Yeah, sure, there's toxicity, but this is where the big boys play. You can ignore that kind of stuff, can't you? All right, we're going to talk about that in a second. But Nima is here. He's in England. We got Federico coming in from Italy. And we got Hello. Vortex coming in from some undisclosed location in a time zone near me. All right. Now, let us just jump right into this. I'm going to read you a funny tweet that came from Federico. I believe that as a community... We should have a discussion about the recent wave of intolerance against toxic people in Bitcoin. With this kind of attitude, all the talented toxic developers will move to other projects, which would be a tragic loss for Bitcoin. Now, of course, that is a hilarious tweet. It shows how ridiculous all this worrying about toxicity is. But the show is called This Week in Bitcoin, and a lot of people have been screaming about the toxicity in Twitter, um, for me, it's just crypto noise. It's ridiculous. It's something to ignore. But uh, it, it was a topic this week. So we're just going to like rip it off like a Band-Aid and talk about it right now. Uh, Vortex, what was your thought of, thoughts on, on this drama this uh, over in uh, crypto Twitter this week? Well, it all started, you know, pretty much last Thursday or Friday, right? Uh, it started with... Um... Uh, it started with with a discussion from Lee Cohen over there for, uh, at CoinDesk. I think it was Thursday or Friday, which sparked a whole conversation on uh, Bitcoin and crypto Twitter. And then that led into some other stuff between Matt Corello and Samson Mao and some other stuff. And so, you know, it's just kind of um, it, it's 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 kind of funny. It reminds me a little bit of almost of 2017, uh, but this is just like such a little mild version of it. Like it's a little it's 2017's little baby, and but really what what we have here is just some misunderstanding as per usual. You know, uh, this same misunderstanding is almost kind of what uh, what um, led to some of the early uh, Bitcoin deranged syndrome cases that we've had from people uh, like some of the rage quitters out there and such. Uh, but really, what it boils down to is just a lot of misunderstanding. And even Lee uh, herself, uh, Quinn, had actually just recently tweeted, I think today or yesterday, where she said she uh, she understands more clearly now uh, what Bitcoiners have gone through and what we've had to fight through uh, to be able to get to where we are, for example, with the UASF in 2017 and and, and things uh, even before that. So, uh, you know, she she has a better understanding now. Of, uh, and I think that, that that is important because I think the community has a better understanding now as well. So it's just the community working through it, the, the people working through it, figuring it out what uh, – who we are and, and and what Bitcoin is. And it's just a part of a greater discussion of as we move forward with, with this technology and as it continues to become more important in all of our, our daily lives, uh, we're going, this discussion will continue. And really what it's important to remember is that uh, I think the big takeaway for me, and I think a lot of people, of course, have said this already, but the big takeaway, guys, of course, is at the end of the day, look, Bitcoin doesn't care, right? Bitcoin doesn't care about you. Bitcoin doesn't care about me, doesn't care about my skin color, doesn't care about my race, doesn't care about my location or any of these these factors. Bitcoin is uh, just is, and it is a decentralized protocol, and it will continue to do the only thing it knows how to do, uh, which is continue to expand and grow. That is all it wants. That is all it knows, and that is all it will uh, continue to do, uh, grow in the you know in the hearts and minds uh, of people across the planet. Now. Uh, if you, if you can say what you want to say and back and forth, there's been so much, you know, discussion back and forth on Twitter. But I think at this point, I think we all understand now uh, that, look, uh, uh, there's Bitcoin is open. Bitcoin is open source, free open source code. This is a FOSS development. Uh, anybody, 
and everybody is absolutely welcome. And if you talk to any Bitcoiner that's been here longer than a couple of years, they will absolutely tell you that their experience has been amazing with other Bitcoiners. The people have helped them. People have guided them. Uh, you know, if there's so many stories out there, just one quick example would be um, uh, some uh, the, uh, the the Wasabi developer, uh, Adam Fisker. You know, he first came to... Um, the uh, Nicholas Doyer, the creator of BTC Pay Server, he first came to him uh, trying to develop Tumblebit, and you know he was just like very humbled. He was just said like, you know, is there any way, Nick, please, that maybe you could just help me a little bit, expecting absolutely nothing. And what did Nicholas Doyer do? He completely not only helped them, sent him source code, helped them for almost a year in order to be able to get Tumblebit working uh, with Nbit, or sorry, with um, with Nbitcoin, which is his Bitcoin C Sharp library, uh, and worked with him for over a year and to get that correct. And so now he's actually since moved on from Tumblebit now to uh, CoinJoin with Wasabi, but this. Is just an example small example that if you want help and if you are honest and if you are really really um honest with yourself and what you want uh, the bitcoin community is absolutely here to help and this is not going to change or go away this is open source code these people are are helpful these people are great and uh you know i can't i couldn't be more proud to be a part of of this bitcoin community wow pound that like button he really summed it up real nice there Remember, there's no centralized authority in Bitcoin to bring people in or kick people out. Uh, it's it's decentralized. Anyone can come in, even uh, people you don't like. So uh, uh, let's hear from Nima. Nima's going to leave a little early today. So let's hit. Uh, and by the way, people, at the end of the show, we're getting hardcore tech with uh, Federico. But uh, Nima, what's what's your thoughts on all this? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, because I guess my perspective is a bit, you know, different. I'm I'm not a developer. I don't contribute to Bitcoin, you know, in a, in a technical way. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm mostly listening. Um, so I see all this stuff going on. And I don't know, I just, I guess I'm a bit surprised that people are talking about some of the people who are, you know, saying that it's toxic and whatever. They view it as a community. But why is Bitcoin a community? At the end of the day, we're all just trying to use this pro digital protocol for money um, to better our own lives. That doesn't make us a club. It doesn't make us like, you know, um, some kind of group. It doesn't make us into a social in-group or anything like that, in my view. Um, I don't identify with other people that use British pounds as being, you know, representative of my views because they choose to transact commerce in that currency. And um, so I, I just view the whole thing as being kind of strange. I think it's kind of arisen out of this, the fact that like none of these cryptocurrencies are quite money yet, they still feel a bit like clubs, especially the altcoins. Um, I think Bitcoin is starting to emerge out of that where it's actually getting, you know, a, an economy and some real liquidity and volume behind it, that it stops feeling so personal. Um, you know, I think this is just part of growing up and being something bigger. And, and I really think the altcoins are going to be stuck in this, you know, join our club mode. Um, for a long time. And I'm really optimistic that Bitcoin will outgrow this soon. And um, it's something that, you know, won't plague us for too much longer because I just, they're not, they're not constructive debates. That's what I mainly thought watching the whole thing. I know people got to get things off their chest and arguments are good for airing out ideas, but I was just kind of like, man, I hope we can just move past this and get all these smart people like building again and making this whole thing better. Cause, um, but anyway, yeah, that's that's how I view it. More more you, from the sidelines. You threw in a nice gem there. You treat you read the Twitter. You're on the sidelines. You're trying to learn. So when you read stuff like this, it's a complete waste. Why are people spending so much time on it? It is not productive. It is not. 
it is not constructive. But people like drama. And then you're absolutely right about the altcoins. It's like a, following a, a, an NFL team for some people. I mean, they, they got to get in some shots. It's like a big, uh, a big game. Uh, just, it, it has, well, just remember, the builders, right? The builders are building. They're not talking all day on Twitter, right? The builders never stopped building. Just wanted to throw that in there. Sorry, Adam. Just the builders never stopped. But uh, yeah, and let's let's talk to one of those builders, Federico. Um, you're coming from toxic Italy because you know Giacomo, you you guys are toxic, supposedly. So, yeah, okay. what's your what's your take on this? Okay, I think like uh, one of the problems related to toxicity is uh, the fact that uh, okay, this environment is is full of scammers. Uh, we had all the ICO, all the altcoins, and the problem with that is that uh, if you try to be nice with scammers, it's really time consuming. So many people uh, like uh, that uh, are like somewhat involved in Bitcoin. They started to to become uh, like very mean with with people because they had to be mean with scammers because you cannot waste like time being nice to scammers. And I think this is like what uh, maybe newcomers to the space uh, don't understand is that there is a reason why this uh, toxicity emerged, and but. It's not that those people are like bad people. I mean, I know many of those that are considered to be toxic, like Giacomo and like others, and in real life, they're, they're really nice people. Also, like the fact that on Twitter, people try to be like uh, the worst version of themselves. So if you see somebody that is very mean on Twitter, probably in their real life, they are not as bad. But at the end of the day, yeah, like uh, 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 as uh, you guys already said, it doesn't really matter. People that really matters, like developers that don't really get involved too much in this kind of drama, that don't really care. Uh, yeah, with Matt Corrado that got involved, but it's just like one example out of many people that uh, contribute to Bitcoin. And so it's, yeah, it's just entertainment. So I yeah, like the Twitter that you quoted before for me, like, yeah, it's not that I care too much about this. It was just for fun. And I think also for many other people that uh, got into the drama, that they also did it for fun. So uh, we shouldn't. We shouldn't take this kind of stuff too seriously. That's it. And again, there's plenty of people who hold Bitcoin who don't know a thing about crypto, Twitter, or social media, or anything yeah. like that. And uh, that, that's that's very it's very important to remember, you know, um, because a lot of I think a lot of people that don't like Bitcoin like to say, "Oh, look how toxic the environment is on Twitter. It, Bitcoin is doomed." Well, it's it's totally disconnected from the real world. I mean, like. Uh, the, the big banks or the big institutions who are buying Bitcoin, they're, they're not on crypto Twitter worrying about drama. I can I can pretty much assure you of that. Now, you did, you did bring up a, a very interesting point that uh, you you have – you didn't like the ICOs. A lot of people saw that people fell for the ICOs. A lot of newbies got uh, caught up in that, and they learned the hard way, and I think that's, I think that's great. And I think it's also nice that people try to warn others. But uh, – this week, it seems like people were, are willing to fall for just about anything. I mean, Federico, what did you think about the uh, the BSV price this week? Uh, did you notice that in Italy? That uh, this this, uh, uh, this... <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm not like uh, following too much uh, BSV uh, like uh, that much, but but uh, yeah, I saw that the price uh, going up and down. But uh, the, the 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 fact is that. BSV is a, a very illiquid coin, so like many others, can be very easily man manipulated. So uh, there's not really much to, to say about that. I mean, yeah, it, it's gonna be, it's gonna have ups and down like many altcoins, and it's not very different from like all the other altcoins that we have out there. 
Yeah, remember that people, not very liquid. So if there was a rich billionaire dude who wanted to manipulate things, he probably could do that. Just, just throwing that out there. Um, but again, it is, it is an interesting case in, um, I would say naivete in, in the crypto space. Some of the things I, I hear about BSV, I am just shocked. I, I am really shocked. Uh, did, did, Nima, do you have any thoughts on that? Have, have you, did you notice th that this week? Yeah, I mean, I saw people like kind of sharing that the price was going up. The kind of people I follow is very much in anticipation of the dump, right? Because we know how that cycle works. And it was, I think it was pretty much like textbook. Um, you know, it's just unbelievable that, I guess this is the problem. There's all, there's, we are such a small, you know, it's such a small market share right now that there's going to be noobs coming into this space for a long time, right? Until we have mass adoption. And the problem is the scammers that uh, Frederico was talking about, they know that, and they know that there's always going to be noobs coming in. So there's always a, you know, some kind of target for these, for these scams. And that's, and that kind of ties back to what we were saying before, you know, the counterpoint to what I was saying, where that's not a productive use of time. Maybe it is a productive use of time. Maybe the people that are supposedly toxic are, they're actually Bitcoin's immune system, right? They're the antibodies that swarm on, you know, this kind of misinformation and um, just redundant debates and, you know, questions that have been answered a million times. And they try and just shut that down so the community can move forward. That's another way to look at it. And, um, and I think in a sense, you know, they, they do keep the, you know, keep the discourse at a certain quality and prevent it from just becoming constant, you know, conversations of the same crap over and over again, the same scams running every time. Like, I appreciate some of those guys shutting this stuff down harshly <laughs> from day one. Um, maybe that's a service. The immune system. I, I like that. I pound that like button, people. Hey, by the way, Crypto Angels said, thanks for sharing. What's up, Bitcoin Meister? Thank you for the $4.20, Crypto Angels. Good to see you in there. Uh, well, you've also given, you know, there's always going to be noobs coming in. This is true. Thus, there will always be altcoins. I, I mean, there's a lot of people that predict the end of the world for altcoins. I uh, I don't see that very soon at all. Uh Vortex, any any thoughts on altcoins, BSV? What's been going on this week with that? Uh, not too much, of course. The, the the people on the panel have already said. I think as much as we need to say, it, really, it's just another pump and dump, right? Altcoin. There's not much uh, really there at all. Uh, but I would like to comment and say that Bitcoin absolutely, absolutely has an immune system uh, to those that have been in the space for years now, uh, for at least more than three to four years. They have absolutely seen this immune system. Um, working uh, every day uh, on so across social media, across everywhere. Uh, this is the immune system that brought us the UASF. This is why we have Bitcoin as, as it is today, as, as opposed to Bitcoin, what it could have been, for example, uh, you know, uh, incorporated into Jeff Garzik's uh, BTC1 library, and then we would have just had corporate coin, right? So uh, Bitcoin is what it is today because of its immune system, because of the people that are out there that are maybe uh, sometimes labeled toxic, uh, quote unquote. Uh, this, is, uh, this is just the free market being the free market. So to me, uh, you know, another pump uh, of BSV, of course, it's just all in their, their ridiculous narratives. Uh, there was a pump with uh, the the cop the copyright, you know, pay, uh, white paper. There was a pump with the uh, with um, with the conference, and so just on and on it goes. There, it's always going to be continued to be pumped. But uh, I think um, I've been saying what you've been saying now uh, for a while now, Adam, which is that it is just early days, and because it is these early days, uh, altcoins will absolutely be with us for years to come. So you can call the death of altcoins all you want, 
uh, but they were they're going to be here for years. And you know, we're talking minimum years. Um, uh, worst case scenario, they could be here for another ten years before the world actually figures this stuff out. Understand how small the space is. Understand how early we are. This is the internet circa 1991, maybe 92 at the, at the newest. Uh, it could be like 89 because we're still dealing with command line interfaces for a lot of this stuff. Uh, so uh, this is very, very early stuff. We, the entire crypto market is $250 billion. I mean, there's like there, there's 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 trillions of dollars in assets out there just in gold and, and, and precious metals. So we are very, very, very early and uh, altcoins and these scammers are absolutely going to be with us for a while. And so I think those people out there, right, right, like Brian Trolls, like uh, Giacomo, like some of the people uh, that may be considered toxic, I thank them for being Bitcoin's immune system um, and they will be here. Make no mistake, they will be here for years to come. And here, put it in perspective. You said it's a 250 million, uh, 250 billion uh, market now, cryptocurrency. How about if a cryptocurrency becomes a $10 trillion market and Bitcoin has 90% dominance? Well, that would leave a trillion dollars for all the altcoins to split. So they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere, even under the best case Bitcoin scenario with 90% dominance in the 10 trillion market that would still leave a trillion for uh, altcoins to split, which is a huge amount of money compared to the whole space is 250 billion. There's just always right. going to be pink sheets. You know, there's always going to be those uh, those pink sheet stocks. Well, let's talk about the immunity, uh, the immune system here. Um, uh, some FUD that's been thrown out there lately, and this is so cyclical. Uh, all you guys will probably say, well, what is this, 2017 again? They're doing the, uh, and it's some of the same guys that are saying this stuff. The transaction fee, it's, it's so expensive to send Bitcoin again. Please, Vortex, uh, be the immune system. Destroy that bug right there for us. So which which one are we talking about now? <laughs> transaction cost. The Bitcoin is oh. so expensive to send. It's too expensive. Oh, man. That's, well, maybe this that, is going on again. I, I can't believe Maybe the crypto audience out there uh, got caught the uh, bet that was recently made between <laughs> Roger Ver and Tone Vase. Uh, that was pretty hilarious. Uh, so, you know, uh, they were right on stage there and, you know, Tone bet him that he could get a transaction cleared uh, within 24 hours uh, with a one Satoshi bite and it actually cleared. Now, yes, uh, the miners um, probably put that um, priority a little bit higher than than the than a regular transaction but even still the point the point is there you could put five satoshis per byte i have never paid this year more than five satoshis per byte and it is always cleared within an hour uh, maybe two hours i mean it's really 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 ridiculous so now of course the fees are going to rise uh, as because they are um, priced in bitcoin and the uh, bitcoin of course is priced in dollars so if you want to talk about fees in satoshis per bytes those are, are about the same right that they were a couple of years ago but if you want to talk about the price in dollars well then yes uh, they are going to rise as, as bitcoin gets more popular uh, bitcoin is going to need a fee market in order to survive and right now fees maybe count for 10 percent, maybe 10 percent of the revenue it's all mostly uh, all miners revenue mostly right now is coming from the block rewards themselves so we are going to absolutely have to have a bigger fee market but this is this is something to worry about years and years from now because we have uh things that are in place right we have the segway we have segwit uh we have people batching companies batching their transactions we have lightning network coming we have side chains like liquid we have all of these things uh that are coming we have schnorr signatures and other uh scaling and optimization technologies that are going to come around to the base chain within the next couple of years uh there's the, there's really nothing to worry about uh in terms of transaction fees in my opinion uh, of course it's 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 you have to still uh, keep up with this stuff because nobody knows this is all an experiment and of course we're only a decade in so people will be of course paying attention to this for centuries into the future but uh really my my current um uh you know, assessment is that we have nothing to worry about. Uh, the fees will continue to build. We will continue to get a fee market as Bitcoin becomes more expensive. And the base layer does become more of this big transaction container where one transaction is representative, uh, could be representative of hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of different people's, um, you know, value. Uh, uh, 
across the world. So um, I'm really looking forward to to when 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 when, uh, when when these other technologies like Lightning Network and Liquid, you know, really start to uh, play a bigger role. But for now, uh, the base chain is the main place where people transact, and that is because it's still super cheap, super easy. Hey, and guys, this is a reminder. He brought up Liquid and Lightning at the end of this show. Federico is really going to get into this stuff. He's got some insider information. It's great. But Nima, how about you? Have you heard this <laughs> transaction fee FUD? Do you have anything to say about it? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, let me just say I've been sending transactions just like uh, Vortex, and it actually even through all these fees, I haven't, I have not paid more than one sat um, as a fee. So I, if you haven't gone to the website mempool.space, go check that out. It's absolutely amazing totally incredible visualization of what the fee market is doing and it even gives you a little forecast of like the next three blocks which transactions are likely to get in there you can actually search your transaction and see is it likely to get in the next block the next next or is it you know somewhere in the mempool um and if you go to that website i think that is a great education tool because that's when people will start to see this is a market and Bitcoin roughly every 10 minutes, just choose through that mempool, no matter how many transactions come in or don't come in. And you see these spikes come in um, and suddenly the mempool fills up and then you just watch Bitcoin chew down on that every 10 minutes. And it's awesome to watch. Actually, I spend more time on that website than I should considering it's not, it's not actually that entertaining. But highly recommend people go on there. It'll kind of really illustrate what this fee market is. If you want a transaction to definitely go through in 10 minutes, place a higher fee, it will get prioritized by the miners, you'll see your transaction slip into the next block and, uh, and job done. And again, the other thing is, I think the only reason this is any FUD at the moment is that um, the liquidity, people have not realized how important the liquidity of Bitcoin is. If the fees are too high in the future, when the liquidity settles on Bitcoin, you will not go to some altcoin because the lack of liquidity will be the biggest problem. You will go to other solutions that use Bitcoin. The things you mentioned like Liquid or like Lightning, you'll go to layer two solutions and that's the right incentive structure. We should be moving people to more efficient ways of using block space and that's only done by having fees um, in place that incentivize that. If we have low fees forever, then everyone's gonna transact on block um, and we won't get the other benefits of Lightning, which is like instant transactions and and uh, things like that. So, just just a quick side note too. Um, blocks are now, of course, consistently over one megabyte. If you go to mempool.space, you will see that they are now almost all over one megabyte because Bitcoin is scaling thanks to SegWit. Wow! Hey, things are changing. Pound that like button. All these guys are linked to below. Federico, are your thoughts on that uh, FUD of uh, transaction fee? If you have any. Okay. Yes. So I think part of the of the problem with transaction fee is that the uh, algorithm to estimate the transaction fee that some wallets implemented they are still not that good. I mean, some wallets are, are they implemented like better algorithm compared to the uh, last bull market in 2017, but others not that much. So it happens that uh, many wallets may make user pay more than they should. So uh, just recently, in the past few days, I tried to. Did, I was doing some transaction using the uh, Ledger wallet, Ledger app, and the, the suggested fee was uh, much higher than reasonable. So I put like a custom fee that was lower than the suggested one, and it went through like uh, very well, very quickly. So I think like part of the problem that is getting better over time is that wallet make people pay more than they should, and even more than wallets ex exchanges. 
because exchanges they just don't want to receive like complaints that the transaction is not arrived yet so they just uh, make you like pay a lot so you're sure to get into the first block even if you maybe don't really need to get to the first block you're not in a rush but they make like all the users pay the maximum fee because they don't want to receive any kind of uh, like complaint and waste time and money with uh, support tickets but apart from that yeah i agree with uh, everything that was already said that uh, if uh, the transaction on chain were super cheap we wouldn't need stuff like lighting or liquid or like any kind of scalability solution because uh, it, it, like uh, why, why would you use lighting when you can uh, like pay one satoshi per byte on chain so i believe that it's a good thing that the fears are uh, getting like uh, a bit higher uh, over time so that there is the right incentives to move to a better technology and also because uh, yeah i mean uh, we cannot expect like to to chips to be to be like uh, uh, free fees to be cheap for a very long time so because otherwise the only thing to do it will be to increase the block size but yeah like uh, we already know that increasing the block size is not really a scalability solution so uh, we we definitely have to have high fees like very expensive fee and uh, like other like uh, other layers to to have cheap transactions so that's the only way we, we can improve all right. Now, before Nima goes, I want to I want to start here with Nima on this uh, subject matter. This uh, this FATF, what is this? Financial Action Task Force. People in Europe have been telling me about this. I really don't know what it is and exactly how it pertains to Bitcoin. Do you know anything about this, Nima? Can can you? Uh, I'm certainly not an expert on it, um, but I've been doing a bit of reading around it, and you know, I think essentially the FATF is um, an attempt by countries to you know kind of work collectively to come up with common rules to stop things like money laundering and and things like that i think that's the stated objective right um at the end of the day it's basically like a cartel of states you know that agreed to collude in order to stop them from undercutting each other and having different rules and letting things slip through the cracks i'm i'm not surprised that they're starting to look at crypto um because you know as volume and liquidity grows obviously you know it's going to get the eye of the regulators on it i don't actually view this as being a huge problem um again i think bitcoin is anti-fragile and it's going to adapt um if some you know i don't know if exchanges are going to get shut down for not complying or you know if they're going to come up with onerous kyc procedures and stuff people will migrate to different exchanges, um, different services, things like local Bitcoins um, or, you know, other ways of buying uh, that doesn't go through exchanges and stuff. I'm, I'm really not sure what the impact of this is going to be, but it doesn't trouble me. Um, it could slow down adoption in certain countries for a certain amount of time, but ultimately this just proves the, 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 the ultimate reason for having Bitcoin, right? That should you have to go through this, um FATF to send money to someone you know like a family member in another that happens to live in a place that you know isn't isn't sanctioned or whatever um like for example you know like my uh, family like our background is Iranian so you know there you have a country that's like totally cut off from the whole world economy um and for reasons that you can agree with or disagree with but at the end of the day it is absurd that some people on this planet can send 
you know, value to other people and other people cannot. So again, I view this in this, this same vein, but it doesn't trouble me in the long run. I think Bitcoin's anti-fragility will find a way to work around this. Yeah, I think I think that's a good summary of the situation. They haven't implemented the onerous uh, regulations yet and the KYC stuff. So, I mean, th this is a lot of it is theoretical right now. I think there are people that are quite worried about it. I, I would not get worried about it. And um, again, if <laughs> this people will migrate to other exchanges, other places to buy it. But it, it doesn't stop me from sending my Bitcoin anywhere. If I, if I control my own private key, uh, perhaps this will affect traders in the future. Yeah, traders are going to do what traders are going to do. Um, Federico, you're in, uh, you're in Europe. Have you heard about this at all? Or does it really bother you? Well, uh, I, I don't know too much about it, but, uh, uh well, in general, from, from what I, I understood from reading it is like one of those like, uh, um, agencies that try to, to, proposed regulation for governments to implement. So it is one of those things that are going to be like very slow to actually happen. Because if, even if they decide something, then they have to, to send like indication to various national government, okay, you should do some legislation that follow this kind of guidelines. And this takes like a very long time usually. I mean, I see it happens like at, at the European Union level, uh, how, how long it takes to, for stuff to get implemented at the Italian level. And this is like something even larger, so probably it will take even more. But apart from that, uh, I believe that if they, th this kind of bad regulation, in a sense, can be good because they will incentivize people to move to more like decentralized solutions. So like decentralized exchanges or, or stuff like local Bitcoin and stuff like that. So if they make it bad enough that people move to other other like decentralized solution that's like only a good thing uh, the the worst case scenario is that they make it bad but not bad enough to incentivize people to move to the centralized stuff so they that the situation for the average usually becoming become like uh, worse than now but even that like it's just like a, a temporary problem because like uh, well when everybody has bitcoin we don't need with these uh, fiat bitcoin ramps anymore so of course yeah exactly very very good points um all right i don't know vortex i don't think you have anything to say about th this thing maybe maybe uh, you I got oh, a couple. Okay. oh you do okay good 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 he, he gave me the article adam okay okay good so good, good. i have to respect you uh and do a little bit of uh reading it anyway <laughs> uh so you know uh basically yeah i mean first of all guys local bitcoins is kyc aml now yeah. so let's stop using that as the go-to example uh for something that somebody can yeah. use for a decentralized uh, uh type of solution now of course there are going to be more and more decentralized solutions coming out and and uh over the years as this technology gets more and more understood right and so uh, that's just a matter of time but so what we're talking about here is this this is the the fatf uh the, the financial tax uh, task force essentially they're trying to coordinate international uh, action against exchanges right and so uh, what we what we see is we're already seeing some of these exchanges start to delist uh, coins because of uh, the SEC and various regulations coming from the U.S. Now this is going to be this is technically I guess we call it higher level than that because this is you know the IMF this is global that all the countries have to uh, participate in. But but what I want to note here is that um, this 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 whole ATF FATF global alliance agreement type of thing between the IMF. Remember this is a country by country basis. So that means we're talking that this 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 sort of fragile agreement structure that could break down super easy as soon as one country leaves another could leave and it could start a huge flood that going up against bitcoin's anti-fragile decentralized open state 
uh, to me, of course, just just is no it's no comparison. It's like throwing an egg at a brick wall. Like that egg is going to just explode. There is no going through the brick wall uh, that is Bitcoin. However, um, it, 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 these are the same people, remember that quote unquote manage financial stability. Doing real well with that, guys. Uh, you know, the 2008 financial crisis, uh, 6 billion people unbanked, uh, more money laundering and corruption every single day from the large banks every single day that you read the paper. Like, you know, so remember who, who's actually trying to to bring down these regulations. And uh, so it only takes one country to pull away and to disagree. And then, and then they're they're completely just like they're completely um, screwed. Uh, so Bitcoin and crypto will continue to to, to move through, move through this uh, this world. And it's going to have to sort of be a red pill for some of these regulators. And remember, again, this is fragile versus anti-fragile. Bitcoin wins uh, every time when, when you go up against that. And this is just a sign of the times of where we are in Bitcoin's history, right? Where we are. This is now, uh, Bitcoin is now being discussed at the G20 summits, right? This is this is where we are in Bitcoin's history. Back in 2013, I couldn't even really have imagined such a thing, uh, maybe 2012 even. But, but now this is where we are in 2019. We absolutely are, you know, this is a global economic conversation. And so uh, I think I just see it as a sign of the times as Bitcoin continues to grow and get bigger bigger and um this is just a sign of you know, writing on the wall. They are clearly starting to get afraid now and clearly starting to not even care that, um, you know, the Schumacher, uh, uh, I think his name Schumacher, the, the recent um, senator's uh, statements there in the US, I mean, they just, he completely outlined why we need Bitcoin in the first place, right? And so the, they're just not even, they're not even afraid of just outright telling people why crypto is going to, and how crypto is going to destroy them. They're just openly saying it now. So uh, yeah, this is just where we are and uh, uh, these, uh, it's just it's going to be funny to watch <laughs> as these people start to get red pilled from Bitcoin. But this is where we are. Bitcoin is anti fragile, and uh, as the rest of the panelists have said, I'm not worried about it at all. Nima, do you have final words before you leave? Nima is in motion. He's got a lot going on over there. Yeah, I got to fly. Sorry. Um, yeah, just agree exactly with uh, what Vortex said. This is part of uh, growing up. You know, the bigger Bitcoin gets, the more it's going to draw the eye of the regulators. Um, I think their actions will be ineffective ultimately, or they will learn to adapt to it or, you know, accept it. But um, this is just something that's going to happen. So let's get ready for more attention, more discussion, more Senate hearings, more IMF meetings, more all this. And that's probably a sign that Bitcoin is doing very well from our perspective. So I'm actually happy for the attention in a way, because I'm not worried about what they can do, but I'm happy that we're big enough that they actually care. Yeah, um, get, re get ready for more hearings as a great, uh, don't get fudded out, people. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Gotta go. Thanks so much, Vortex, Federico, Adam, thanks a lot. I Sorry. will see ya. And check out, he is linked to below. Nima has got a great, he's great on Twitter and he listens too. So see ya. Good luck with your call, man. Yeah. All right. So something that's been uh, going on this week also, uh, click baity type. Now, I love Bitcoin. I love to hear great things about Bitcoin. But all of a sudden, you hear people talking about these rumors on OTC markets. Oh, the billionaires are secretly buying up all the Bitcoin. Oh, oh good. What, what's going on? Oh, it's going to be a million dollars tomorrow. Again, I think I, I see no proof of this. Um, again, big, you should already know that Bitcoin is scarce, people. Okay, You, you shouldn't get like be called into action just because you hear rumors about something that's going on OTC. And again, you should there should definitely be action on your part already. If you think billionaires are buying up a bunch of Bitcoin, then I hope you have some Bitcoin. Uh, Vortex, your, your thoughts on the rumors, on, on, the, uh, on the clickbait? 
Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, first of all, everybody should know that, you know, high net worth individuals have absolutely been buying Bitcoin for years now. I mean, in the form of family offices and 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 more. We just had Pomp launch a recent fund uh, of 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 tons of uh, like what was it like a 10 or 15, it was a huge fund, like 10 multi-million dollar uh, hedge fund uh, from mostly populated by uh, small family offices. So uh, they, these guys have absolutely been buying for years. Now, this particular rumor that you're talking about is kind of hilarious because uh, they're talking about trying to buy like 25% of, of all of Bitcoin. And of course, uh, that just shows you some of, some of these people and really most of the people in the world just, just don't understand how Bitcoin works yet. Uh, they don't understand that there is literally only about a million coins liquid at, at any given day on the exchanges. Maybe... Uh, Maybe twice that, uh, maybe maybe one, maybe around that in the OTC markets, uh, floating every day. But that's about it. Maybe a couple million coins, guys, at the most, floating around the planet at any given time in liquidity for for somebody to buy. Uh, that is far from twenty five percent of the entire uh, stash. So at this point, uh, Bitcoin is now ten plus years in. Uh, we have now you know mined over what sixteen seventeen million coins. So the vast majority of supply is out there. So now it is now now impossible for some government or some you know billionaire to go out there and and purchase just like huge percentages of the overall actual uh, supply of bitcoin so uh, th this is a uh, just a sign of where we are in bitcoin again you know uh, this is uh, uh, where we are in pushing the liquidity uh, bitcoin is a little bit concentrated right now, but it will continue to do what it has done for the past 10 years, which is uh, get in the hands of more and more and more and more people, have, have create more and more wallets, create more and more economic activity, bring more and more people in. And so uh, I don't see that going away anytime soon. So it's just it's just kind of funny seeing some of these rumors. But at the end of the day, guys, uh, the, the cat is out of the bag. People have been accumulating. We just had this huge accumulation phase and we spiked up to 9K, you know, from like three or 4K without even retail or really uh, institutional per se uh, buying yet. I mean, th this is still early days. We don't even have an ETF yet. So we essentially are now big enough to where we can sort of pump our own bags a little bit because uh, that was pretty much just the crypto community. Uh, and that just shows you how big the crypto community is now. I mean, we're, 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 we've got to be getting close to around 100 million people uh, in this $250 billion market. Uh, but again, still peanuts, right? Still tiny, still little droplets in the ocean of the liquidity that is available to Bitcoin. Uh, so I, I thought it was great. Um, we'll, we'll see more and more posts like these um, and more and more people wanting to obtain their share of Bitcoin. Stack those Satoshis, people. Again, they are nice stories, people. You can enjoy a nice story or you can take action and actually get Bitcoin so that you can look back on these nice stories one day and say, you know what? I, I actually got in before all the billionaires got in. Uh, if, if Federico, any thoughts on, on scarcity and uh, billionaires or <laughs> well, what we were just talking about? Yeah. Well, yeah, like uh, we heard this kind of news like for a very long time. Like I remember, like I don't know, it was like six months ago or something. The, the, the Russian government was supposed to buy like $10 billion of Bitcoin, something like that. Uh, did we have any follow up on that? Uh, I don't think so. So uh, there are news like this, like every once in a while, I don't think they are very serious. Also, because if somebody buys Bitcoin, usually it was to keep it like confidential. It doesn't advertise it or maybe it does it after he did it. So the, the price maybe goes up a little bit and you can make a quick, quick profit. So I, for sure, I wouldn't use this kind of information uh, for like trading or for like uh, as an extra motivation to buy or sell or whatever. I think it's just noise. But yeah, I mean, we know that uh, Bitcoin is a, it's a, it's a very good asset for high net worth individuals. So we should expect them to, to buy them regardless of the news. And so it, either it is now in the future, or in the past, they already did it, they are going to do it. This is a kind of asset that 
it is very good for this kind of like billionaires that want to diversify in something that is different from anything else. So, so yeah, it's totally uh, reasonable that they do it, but uh, I wouldn't give too, too much like uh, credit and importance to this kind of rumors. All right, guys in the chat, we've reached the uh, third, uh, the, the last third of the show. So you guys can ask questions now if you want to. Uh, Black Jerbera sent $2 in the super chat. He said, hi. Okay, now another thing that came out this, talking about scarcity and talking about strong hands and people who don't go, because this week was a roller coaster in terms of fiat for all you fiat freaks, especially the last two days. But again, you should have a strong hand and value your wealth in Bitcoin, not worry about the fiat price too much. Now, something that came out um, earlier this week was that the amount of uh, Bitcoin addresses with 0.1 Bitcoin in them has reached an all-time high. So we have some people, uh, we have people uh, storing Bitcoin. Uh, thoughts on that, uh, Vortex, if any? Yeah, I mean, this is a... Uh this is going to continue, right? This isn't going to slow down. So Bitcoin has these cyclical phases uh, where people uh, buy and sell uh, because Bitcoin is still, of course, very early days on its march to taking over the world's liquidity. So with its little $150 billion market cap, uh, it's absolutely going to be volatile. But remember, it's not Bitcoin that's volatile, right? It's the rest of the, the world's currencies that are volatile that are actually being sucked into Bitcoin. So it's really not Bitcoin that's uh, that's that's volatile because one Bitcoin is always one Bitcoin. So just keep that in mind. But, you know, that, that's this, uh, this volatility on the, the, the other side is going to continue against Bitcoin as we march up higher and higher. So uh, I see that these addresses will continue to accumulate. I've been predicting for years and years now that uh, Bitcoin will continue to get in more and more hands as opposed to get more concentrated. Uh, it'll actually get uh, more distributed and more dispersed uh, as Bitcoin becomes uh, used more and more by more and more people uh, and more and more applications. Uh, so I just, uh, I think this is just absolutely expected and this will continue. And I'm looking forward to, to this rising even more. All right, guys, eventually you're not going to be able to afford to get that 0.1 Bitcoin. So remember, try to get 0.1, then one, then two, et cetera, et cetera. Well, again, we know one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin, but there are other people that value their wealth in dollars. And some people think dollars are tethers. And well, I'm bringing up tether right now because Federico is on the show and he's got some inside information. A story broke and I, I linked to it below. And by the way, check out all the links below. There was a story about the fat. Badif also linked to below, but uh, the block crypto says Bitfinex is looking to launch Tether on the Lightning Network by the end of the year, and an exec says it's one of the coolest things they've ever done. Federico, take it away. What what is this? What is going on? Okay, so basically, uh, what uh, uh, Tether is going to do is uh, okay. He wants to to um, to support to have to be have Tether supported also on uh, on the Lightning Network. And the way they plan to do it is to invest in the development of the RGB protocol. So the RGB protocol basically is a, a new uh, token on the blockchain protocol that uh, works on top of Bitcoin. Uh, I think like the the, the presentation uh, was uh, like the last year on uh, uh, building on Bitcoin by by Jack Monzuko. And uh, I've been involved in the project from quite a while, uh, even before it was publicly announced. I, I did some review on the early version of the project. Then uh, I, I helped with the documentation. I did some testing. I think I was the, the first one to test it on mainnet and stuff like that. So uh, the goal of this uh, project, the, this uh, new tokenization protocol, 
is uh, to have to try to build uh, a new standard because we don't really have a standard for talking on the blockchain. We used to have uh, counterparty, Omnilayer, Color Coin. Maybe the only thing that kind of became a standard was ERC20 on Ethereum, which is like super bad for various reasons. Uh, basically, because it's on top of Ethereum, so it has all the problems that Ethereum has. And so, uh, so now, like, if somebody wants to issue like a token for whatever reason, like uh, Tether as a as a validated use case for that, uh, th there is not really a standard that you 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 can do it on because all the protocols they have their ups and downs. So, for example, now you can issue tokens on Liquid as well, but Liquid is a federated sidechain, so you have this. Uh, uh, the trust performance trade-off that you may not want to, to deal with. And then you have all these new altcoins for, for tokens that have other problems. And the end, you have the old uh, token protocol on top of Bitcoin that uh, are not like really smart as they don't even use the, the new technology that we have on Bitcoin right now. So uh, the RGB uh, project was, okay, let's try to build a standard for token on, on Bitcoin that is as good as possible. Uh, the problem with uh, RGB is that uh, at the beginning it didn't have much funding, so there was just like one developer working on it. And now that developer got R by Blockstream, so is uh, not uh, uh, focused uh, full time on RGB anymore. So uh, at some point it seems like the project would uh, uh, like uh, stop; it wasn't growing anymore. But now uh, the good news is that Bitfenix and also I think like some other companies has joined to put new resources on the development of the project. So uh, it, now there is really a chance that it can become a standard as now there are resources to make it become like, to, to develop it and to, to make it grow. Because right now it only works on chain and uh, you have to do it from the command line. So if you're not really a nerd, it's, it's not very easy to use it. You don't, nobody already developed like a nice uh, interface uh, to, to use it. So we really need like uh, more, uh, more money to put to pay developers to work on it and bitphoenix is doing it why because bitphoenix need this kind of stuff they already have a validated use case for token on the blockchains that most people don't have like because uh, what's our token on the blockchain for for ico utility tokens they, they are really like fragile use cases but tether i mean they they have volumes they have users they've been around for many years for for sure they have like a use case that, uh, that people care about so uh, right now they are using uh, mostly Omnilayer, and I think they have a Tether version also on uh, on Ethereum and some other scam coins. But the thing is that now they would like to have something that is better, something, and I think they they're calling also to have Tether to be used for not just by traders but also by everyday people, so you have more liquidity, and uh, that's why you need a Latin network because with Latin network you can have actually like cheap uh, instant transaction of Tether. And people can use it like for like uh, maybe uh, to pay for everyday like purchasing everyday transaction, not just for traders. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. People should just use Bitcoin, but they have a use case. So uh, I mean, it's up to them to to put the resources into that. And uh, yeah, I think it's very good. Uh, but the one limitation of the RGB protocol, because if they they okay, they they want to to be make it compatible with Lightning. But we know that Lightning has the liquidity issues, so it only works if there is enough liquidity in the channels to make a, a transaction possible. So if you have a Lightning network with low liquidity, it doesn't really work. And you see it like with Litecoin, there is the Lightning network version for Litecoin, but there is not much liquidity, so it's not very, very uh, usable. 
So the problem is that every token that wants to be on the Lightning Network, it will have the same liquidity pro problem. It will work on the Lightning Network only if uh, many people use it, many people open color channels, so channels that support this kind of token. And I think Tether as can do it because it, it has already has a lot of users, so Tether may do it, but it's not something that is going to, to work for uh, like any kind of like uh, small, like uh, very like any kind of token. So if tokens, they don't have much liquidity, maybe because they, they are like a, a token, uh, like a security token or like equity token that they don't really have much trading activity, then they won't be uh, really usable on the Latin network. But for use cases like Tether, yeah, I believe it can work because you can get like enough liquidity to make it work on the Latin network. So yeah, it's, it's a good news that they put resources into this because uh, either you like token, maybe some people believe that tokens on the blockchain are useless and uh, I, they may be right. I don't have like a clear opinion on that yet as well. But if people want to do scams, at least uh, like to, to, to issue tokens that uh, like maybe they are not they don't really need a blockchain but they do want to do it anyway at least they do it in a good way so on a good on a good blockchain that is bitcoin with a good protocol on top of lightning network so it doesn't waste too much fee and at least we don't like uh, at least resources goes into bitcoin and not like on other protocols like like ethereum also like a good thing about rgb is that uh, it's a good place also to experiment in new technologies so stuff that may be in the future implemented into Bitcoin can be experimented before on RGB. So I think like even if you don't care at all about tokens on the blockchain, which is which is like reasonable, still good to have this kind of protocol where people can uh, can experiment before we move innovation into Bitcoin. Dude, you were you, you had some hilarious points in there. I hope everybody heard that. I mean, he's he's very dry when he talks, but he, there's some really funny parts. Vortex, do you have any questions for uh, Federico about this RGB thing? Any any comments? Uh, a couple comments, I guess. I mean, just firstly, you know, Tether right now, you know, whether you like it or hate it, I mean, they were the first sort of stable coin out there. Um, there is still a huge demand for this type of use case. And of course, it's mostly from traders and exchanges. Uh, but this could this could expand out to other use cases as well. But right now there is just enough, there's plenty of plenty of demand there uh, just from exchanges. And so uh, you know this particular use case is not going to go away. We're going to have a few more stable coins. Maybe one stable coin will even you know sort of take over other ones. But uh, this use case is, is is needed for the interim where we transition from fiat to Bitcoin, right? So that that could take Decades. So, uh, in the interim, we do need some kind of um, inter uh, intermittent trends, uh, you know, some, something to be able to uh, transfer between Bitcoin and um, uh, fiat quickly. And so, this technically, of course, Tether isn't technically fiat, right? But it is the closest thing that, that a trader can get to fiat uh, in a very easily e easy manner. So, uh, that's that's just just understand that that's just here to stay. You know, whether you like Tether or not, like that's they serve a use case uh, that the market demands. Uh, so, and then you know. Uh, right now, uh, Tether is currently on, right? It's on Omni, Ethereum, and Tron. Uh, I think they're going to try to maybe put it on EOS. Um, and then now, of course, they's trying with RGB. So uh, it, it just clearly, um, you know, Bitfinex doesn't want Tether to go away either. Uh, they're doing everything in their in, in their power to make sure that Tether uh, can't get shut down and doesn't go away. Uh, what's really exciting for me, though, is that uh, this RGB protocol, because, you know, 
as long as it's over Bitcoin, this is what is exciting for me, right? So over liquid and RGB, see, I thought RGB was kind of dead too uh, as well, but Federico said that, uh, as and Federico said as much, but now it looks like uh, there is this revival. And if there's anybody that should be putting money into RGB, it should absolutely be the very first stablecoin, Bitfinex, right? Tether. Uh, th these are the people that should definitely be be funding this. This is uh, because this is this is everything that everybody ever dreamed that's on Ethereum on top of Bitcoin. And this is this is native Bitcoin, right? This isn't some other, you know, uh, altcoin. This is, RGB is over Bitcoin. And so just like Liquid is over Bitcoin. Yes, it's a sidechain, but it is over uh, Bitcoin. Um, so so the, these 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 protocols, Lightning Network, Liquid, and RGB, uh, this, this really shows uh, how Bitcoin is evolving to be able to scale, to be able to scale, to be able to uh, take on new use cases. And it's exciting for me in that, in that regard. Um, uh, I, I think I don't really have any questions as, as uh, much as I want to just kind of see more and more details come out uh, because there really isn't a whole lot of details about RGB in general. Uh, there's actually much more details about liquid out there, I think, at this point, because Blockstream really wants to push that out there. So uh, it, I think it's uh, exciting to see all this stuff happen, all this stuff happen over Bitcoin. And of course, we all predicted this, guys. We, we knew it was all going to be over Bitcoin. There's just uh, Ethereum was kind of a temporary blip. Uh, and uh, some of these other chains, you know, now there's competition for Ethereum, but this is all a bit of a blip uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things. And you'll see that uh, this liquidity, all this liquidity and all these other chains like EOS and, and like Ethereum and these things, uh, they're mostly just going to go to Bitcoin once um, the the use case, uh, once the use cases are, are all possible over Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is the most stable, most secure, most liquid, uh, longest chain of history. This is the chain that the world really wants. Like everybody wants Bitcoin, but you know they can't buy Bitcoin yesterday, or they can't figure out how to get their use case to work with Bitcoin. So they do something else. But they originally wanted Bitcoin. They all originally want Bitcoin. And so um, Bitcoin is going to be able to deliver. It takes a little bit more time than the other chains, obviously, because it is the only actual decentralized chain out there, uh, the only decentralized public blockchain uh, in. Um, production today. And so uh, it does take a little bit longer than everybody else, but th this is absolutely coming. And this is actually, this is absolutely exciting. And whether you like tokens or not, uh, uh, Federico mentioned some of these use cases that could be there for like stable coins, like experimentation, uh, stuff that could maybe possibly see its way into Bitcoin someday. So uh, really, really exciting to see. And I'm just, just, just awesome. I mean, just liquid RGB lightning. This is very exciting stuff. And uh, just one final point, like you said, Federico, uh, this kind of only works if lightning network can get liquidity. So I think this will absolutely bring uh, more liquidity to lightning network uh, as well. And lightning network is already like exponentially growing guys. Like it's already exponentially more uh, getting more channels and more liquidity. So that's going to be good no matter what, but now, uh, you know, you throw a tether on top of it. This might bring a bunch more liquidity to it. And to a great point, you said, if you're going to try to launch tokens, you don't, I mean, Lightning Network really isn't the place to do it because it, because it does need, if you really do need that liquidity. So I think something more like a liquid would make more sense if your token does need uh, like just huge amounts of liquidity fast, because this is, um, you know, that's the main use case scenario for, uh, for liquid. So that's really, really exciting. So uh, just really, really, just, just amazing technology, guys, it's coming down for Bitcoin and I couldn't be more excited. Wow. Will RGB last longer than RBG? Uh, <laughs> Federico, any thoughts on what Vortex said? And can you tell us about uh, Liquid some more? You mentioned Liquid uh, previously, but I, I thought you might have some follow-up to Vortex and go ahead with the Liquid. Well, yeah, I, I played a little bit with Liquid as well. And my opinion on that is that uh, it's a very different model from RGB or from uh, talking on Bitcoin in general, because uh, you basically have a different trust model. So you have all the advantages that uh, uh, Liquid uh, has, that uh, it has confidential transaction, confidential asset, uh, it has like cheaper fees, it's, uh, you have faster blocks, you have all this kind of stuff, but then you have to deal with the fact that uh, it's a federated sidechain. So depending on the use case, that will be uh, uh, acceptable or not. 
And I think it's good to have both. So I, I believe I, I'm expecting many companies to prefer to go on, on something like Liquid because they don't really have this problem of trust because they are used to trust like uh, other intermediary, other other companies to, to, to deal with their financial transaction and stuff. So I'm expecting like big companies to like uh, more like incumbent or traditional companies to, to, to use more, something more like Liquid because they have all the advantages but they don't care too much about the trust problem. And some even prefer to have like somebody they can talk with if they have problems. So at least they have this kind of federation that is also like managed by, by Blockstream that provides support. So they, they have something they can, somebody they can talk with and many people like it. And for like for people that, uh, for other people that actually need the perfect trustlessness, because they cannot like trust anyone because they, their use case is, is very uh, delicate. They may have some, some problem depending on the jurisdiction and stuff like that. They can use RGB that, uh, that it, it can also work on Lightning. So you can also have chip transaction is slightly more difficult because uh, uh, Lightning has like a more complex uh, usability. But it's good to have both. That's it. Yeah, that was just great real quick. Just want to say that was awesome. I outlined the use cases with these different trust models, guys. This, you can pick your trust model now, Lightning, Liquid, or Base Chain, and that's just fascinating. Wow. Hey, man, we're evolving here. Now, we got a question from Roman Q, and I think I'll address this to Vortex. Uh, do you think the uh, record number of addresses that hit 0.1 Bitcoin because they are Wasabi outlets, outputs, excuse me? So uh, I don't think we have quite that many <laughs> um, Wasabi uh, coin joins yet, guys, but it is absolutely growing, though. I mean, every single day, I think the largest one I saw, the largest coin join I saw was around 100 people. There, there might be ones that were bigger than that, but that was the largest one that I saw. So, you know, it, we're slowly getting there, guys. But no, it's uh, I don't think that would that would cause the the, the massive spike of 0.1. But this is absolutely cool that uh, that. Wasabi is growing and it absolutely encourages you to have to put your coin, you know, in multiple wallets. Don't put all your coin in one wallet, guys. Yeah. Hey, and I'd like to hear uh, people bringing up Wasabi. I, I'm sure you got thoughts on that Vortex. Yeah, you, you recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 the the newest version actually is just amazing. Like the, the user interface is really easy to, to work with. Um, there's more and more people on there, so you can get your, your coin joined quicker than faster than ever. Um, so it, the fees are just brutally small uh it's it's absolutely amazing because you know i remember adam fisker was like look there's all these mixers services out there and they're charging these huge percentages and they just they're all centralized and they just keep getting shut down what if i were to create a service you know where there was within where there's a wallet where you could just pay a little fee and, and you know join with a bunch of other people completely anonymously decentralized and adam's idea of wasabi wallet is like it's here and it's amazing and i can't believe that it actually exists but it absolutely is here and it is the safest easiest way to mix your coins and i recommend that everybody uh mix mix your coins as much as possible like especially if you're sending to and from an exchange mix that coin before and after pound that like button hey uh federico we're we're reaching the end of the show here anything going on in italy anything that you wanted to bring up that hasn't been brought up any comments on anything vortex has said the the floor is yours here Okay, no, yeah, just regard, regarding Wasabi, I think like it's very good that we finally have something that is it's usable, that has a user uh, interface that is comparable to other wallets to, to CoinJoin. Because before Wasabi, using CoinJoin was very difficult. And the fact that coin, with CoinJoin, you cannot do it alone. We need other people. The fact that few people were doing it, were making it even more like difficult to use. So I think that something like Wasabi was something that we really needed. And it's great to have. 
and I also seen that now like some uh, uh, I I really hope that uh, uh, like exchanges and uh, companies that manage a lot of transactions will try to implement it as a standard because it will be a great way to 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 make all those chain analysis company go bankrupt basically because they don't have a business anymore and also I think it's good that uh, we have uh, uh, privacy on Bitcoin so we don't have people don't have to to go to altcoins to have privacy anymore so we don't need like Monero, Zcash and all that kind of stuff anymore I think like Wasabi has uh, good enough privacy for like uh, most use cases and uh, so uh, we, we have another use case that is not on altcoins anymore and is back on Bitcoin. All right. Uh, and any other uh, con conclusionary uh, remarks? Well, one final, to... just, just from a, a geeky developer point of view, Wasabi, of course, is uh, using Nick, Nicholas Dorier's and Bitcoin library. And that is, of course, written in C Sharp. So Microsoft fanboys rejoice. All right. All you tech heads out there. Federico, any, any final thoughts? Uh, okay. No, I think that. That's about it. <laughs> okay, nothing, nothing going on in Italy. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, nothing particular. I mean, nothing that is not happening in the rest of the world. So it's quite, quite a, a global market nowadays. So yeah, I, there is nothing like that in the individual countries is happening more than other places, I guess. Global market, I love it. Well, thank you for being on the show, Federico. We'll let Vortex have the final word. Vortex, anything we le left out? Anything you want to bring up? Any subject matters? Any conclusionary remarks? It's yours. Well, that's about it. Uh, make sure, of course, to check out all my shows over there at the CryptoCast Network. Uh, you can follow me at uh, The One Vortex on Twitter. And uh, yeah, there's a pretty nice conference coming up in uh, San Francisco, June 25th. Uh, if you guys are you know, in the area, definitely check that out because there's just a whole lot of Bitcoiners uh, coming to that one. And uh, it's going to be pretty fun. I think um, there's gonna, there's only like two scammers going, you know, like Jihan and, and Eric Voorhees. But everybody else is actually Bitcoin, Bitcoin hollers of last resort. So it's going to be pretty fun uh, if you guys want to have a good time. Uh, I might troll Jihan. All right. We've had some uh, hilarity on this show today, too, I got I got to say. All right. Again, all these all of all three guests, they're linked to below. Follow them on Twitter. Well, that is the end of the show. It was a rocking one. We had tech stuff. We had it all. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video. Check out all the links below. I do this This Week in Bitcoin show every Friday. I do a new show here every single day. Tomorrow night. I will be back with the Beyond Bitcoin show. Everyone, Shabbat Shalom. See you later. Pound that like button. Thanks all. Bye-bye.